Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. We did not have a great economy, really, uh, and certainly the pandemic didn't help. But even before that, our GDP was what, like 3.4, 3.5? I mean, China, if we can believe it, is up at 5.6. So we could possibly actually be heading into an economic boom. And that's really why we're seeing those sectors. And that's where the money's been rotating into, because that's what people are feeling right now. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest back on the line, Mish Schneider. Mish, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Here we are in December getting ready for the holidays. Even with the pandemic, there's still managed to be some cheer around, so that's a good thing. And, I, and by the way, thank you for having me back. How are you doing? I, I got to tell you, I, I'm 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 very blessed in in, in a multitude of ways. Uh, first off, that that first we're still above the ground. Pandemic hasn't taken either of us out yet. Uh, my my family has been uh, healthy this year, thank goodness. Um, but you know, there's a lot going on out there, right? And and especially for for somebody like you who's who's got your eye on the ball, being the uh, the director of education over at MarketGauge.com, I think this is going to be quite the year uh, a lot of people are going to have 2020 as their most memorable year ever i mean my wife she 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 always revels in the fact that i can like recall a year based on something that happened right like oh he broke his leg or something and it was in 2017 i can always like recall that easily i think pretty much everybody on earth will recall that this was 2020. And I think the fact that 2020 is coming to an end, that's why we're seeing so much optimism. People are just done. They're done with doom and gloom. They're done with the virus. They're done with the political backdrop and, the, and hopefully done with all of the, the, the strife that we're seeing, the, uh, the, the mass demonstrations we've been seeing. I mean, we're all hoping for a very good economic and social 2021, you know, where the divide starts to come together more. I mean, we really need to do that as a country. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a child from the, from the generation where we, I, we were in that divide in the 70s. And I saw the impact not only socially, but on the market, but it brought an incredible period after of innovation. And generally, that's what happens is you go through these periods of sort of a revolution, and then innovation, and then from innovation, after a while, you get back into complacency. And I think we're still coming out of that complacency into the revolutionary part, but the innovation is also coming through. And even though we're seeing technical innovation, what we need more innovation in terms of just healing us as human beings. Yeah, I got to tell you, it, it seems like every weekend somebody's protesting something, and then you throw this this election fire 
on top of that. And, you know, it's just been, uh, been a hell of a year. And plus, you know, people are, are still stuck at home. People lost their jobs. People lost, lost loved ones. I, I spoke to a guest uh, who's in Paris. And, um, oh, my gosh, I did not realize the liberties that we have in comparison. to. I mean, it made me so grateful because he's like, yeah, right now our lockdown is that we can go out for one hour a day within one kilometer of where we live. And I'm like, whoa, that would not fly here in America. People oh, would no. revolt. Yeah if that was the case. Well, oh yeah, I have a friend who lives, who's American who lives in Paris right now. And, and yes, I mean, if you go out, you have to have your papers. The gendarme is there waiting for you. Yeah. Nazi Germany? Oh my <laughs> gosh, have your papers? Jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about anger here. And there is a lot of reasons why people are angry. And anger has been coming, has really been for the last 10 years. I, I always say the Tea Party was really the first wake-up call of that we had to change the status quo and people were starting to look at this complacency and saying, hey, maybe not so much. And so the pandemic has been sort of the icing on the cake, the racial divide, the political divide. And so this anger eventually, hopefully, comes, like I said, to some level of where people can come together, however that looks. Now, the good news is, is it's the older generations, really, these younger generations they're not in the same mindset. They they're they're used to looking at things very differently. They're lo look at they're used to looking at uh, first of all from a just a, a minority standpoint. The minority for the first time in the coming generation, Gen Z, is going to be in the majority, and more babies of minority will be born. So it's not the same thing as some of us older folks that have come in a very different world. So I think that things will change. I, I look really forward to Gen Z. I think that they, I'm. I have a couple of kids working for us in Gen Z, and they're amazing. They're just incredible. Really, really think about things differently. Yeah, you know, it's, it is it is a really fascinating time to be alive. I was just listening to a, uh, a Jim Rohn audiobook. Uh, he, he was Tony Robbins's, like, inspiration. And he was talking about how his parents grew up uh, in the first half of the century and now Jim Roman's passed at this point, but he was talking about how like it must have been like science fiction to just grow up with horse and carriage, no running water, nothing like that, to just even in the 50s, right? Having television, the thought of people going to the moon, and now how much has changed in, in uh, my parents' generation where uh, you know they've, they've been to the moon, no big deal, nobody wants to go back at this point, we're shooting Teslas off to Mars instead. It's crazy how uh, how the, the, the speed of technical technological changes is upon us. But then, you know, we've got this this virus and this draconian like uh, stay at home orders and, and all this stuff. It's it's really fascinating. Absolutely. Like like so many people will look back at 2020 and it, it, it'll be part of history books without a doubt. Right. We had so much shit happen <laughs> in 2020. And uh yeah, like I say, I'm just blessed to be above the ground at this point. Absolutely. It's good to count those basic blessings. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very optimistic for 2021. And always there's there's always things to be cautious about. I mean, that's just life. But if you just look at the market, the market has become, I like to say that Disneyland and Disney World being closed, 
people had nowhere to go, so they went to the stock market. Yeah, and, there you go. Uh, and we're talking about Gen Z, they're trading the stock market. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because the millennial generation, I know I'm aging myself here, they were like, you know, anti-bourgeois, we don't want to support the capitalistic structure, we're not going to trade the stock market, evil, evil, evil. And the Gen Z are just the opposite. They're the Robin Hood traders. They're adding liquidity to the market. They're having a great time trading. They're making money. Mm -hmm. And whether or not they're helping this whole movement along, of course, the vaccine and the stimulus is all part of it, the low interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, that's why I think that we're looking at the stock market as kind of like the new Walt Disney. And it's great. I hope it lasts. That is super sound biteable. The stock market <laughs> is the new Walt Disney. But, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I, just some inside information. I actually, um, nobody, I've never shared this before. Mitch, this is totally private until now. Um, I actually was in talks with Robinhood to be their like options trading educator for uh, a minute. Yeah. Um, but the idea, the fact that you know, Robinhood started at uh, 10 million and then was at 13 million by the middle of the year. It's absolutely astronomical, right? Yes. Like mm -hmm. that is so many accounts and it's the growth of that many accounts. Like you can probably go to many, many brokers and you're not cumulatively going to get as many as uh, came in just this year into Robinhood. And it's, it's the whole fintech uh, startup dream, right? So the, the dream of a, uh, free stock trading, you know, it caused the race to zero, which is awesome, really, honestly. If they do nothing else and Robinhood just ends, all traders benefited because Robinhood existed. And and I got to say, I'm really glad for that because you look at, I, I, I couldn't even, I, I don't know of any broker that actually charges for stock trading now. Like it just doesn't exist anymore. And uh, man, when I started trading, I know uh, I'm dating myself because I'm sure you can outdo me real fast. But when I first started trading, it was a good 20 bucks round trip at least. And, you know, if you're trading a handful of shares at a time, you're not making money at all. Um, but then I've also heard stories of like, you know, $50. When my dad was trading early 90s. He said it was 50 bucks each way to open a ticket and close a ticket. Plus, he had to call Edward Jones and be like, Hey, uh, hey, broker guy! I need you to open this and close this, and it's fifty bucks. You know, basically, to pick up the phone. So, yeah, at, at least that has helped us all. Absolutely. And by the way, since you brought it up, did you? Did, why did you decide not to take that position at Robinhood? If I may be saying, they uh, they chose somebody, and I think they chose somebody a little younger than me to uh, oh. fit the demographic a little better. And uh, I mean, I went through four rounds of interviews. It went up and up and up, and I'm like, mm, this looks pretty cool. Uh, I can't, I can't. I can't imagine that I was had uh, too much competition at that point after four rounds, but yeah, it didn't work out. And honestly, I think that's okay because it uh, it's allowed me to continue this passion because there, there's a lot that I would have had to give up in order to do that. And I wasn't really, wasn't ready to get off the entrepreneur track that I've been building to go back to the, uh, the employee track, if you know what I mean. Well, I always think that everything works out exactly the way it's supposed to. So there you go. Yeah, that's what my mom says. I mean, well, I probably, like yeah, me and mom, <laughs> simpatico. <laughs> so, Mish, what, I mean, really, the the theme that we've been seeing is that markets are at new all-time highs, and that's just how things are going to be from now on. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? 
Well, again, the, there, well, there's quite a few reasons. One is there was a tremendous amount of cash on the sidelines uh, because obviously people were nervous about the pandemic and then nervous about the election. And two is because we have had an incredibly generous Federal Reserve and central bank policy to make sure that interest rates stay very, very low. And we've increased the debt, but people haven't really been feeling it. Also, interestingly, through the pandemic, people paid down credit card debt because they weren't spending money so much on travel and leisure. Mm -hmm. And so the holiday season, the reason why we saw such a huge Cyber Monday, for example, was because people probably drove up their credit card debt. They felt like they had some money. Consumers were in better shape than we thought. Um, there's also, of course, the vaccine. So people think the pandemic is going to be a thing of a past. Uh, we also have the fact that now they're talking about more stimulus. I know they're getting closer and closer to the first tranche of this $908 uh, billion. So we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I think also there are some studies that show that we're still relatively undervalued in terms of not everywhere, but certainly in terms of certain sectors of the market. I can tell you, for example, the small caps, the transportation and the retail, which are the three inside sectors really of the market, according to Druckenmiller, and they're three of the essential characters that I use for my economic modern family, they have been underperforming since I can remember really trading in the stock market. And that flipped this year. So when you finally start to see the true economic indicators, the manufacturing in the U.S., 2,000 stocks all in the United States and the Russells, the retail, which of course is e-commerce, but even brick and mortar could potentially benefit along the way, and then transportation, which is the demand side staying high, how could you argue with that? We did not have a great economy, really, uh, and certainly the pandemic didn't help, but even before that, our GDP was what, like 3.4, 3.5? I mean, China, if we can believe it, is up at 5.6. So we could possibly actually be heading into an economic boom. And that's really why we're seeing those sectors. And that's where the money's been rotating into, because that's what people are feeling right now, which is awesome. That's it awesome. is awesome. And I, I totally, totally, totally agree with you uh, on the fact that, you know, for every, for every expansion, there's contraction. But if we're ending the contraction, that means there's more expansion coming, right? And you do have all this pent-up demand. Like, for example, my wife and I, we were literally, when I say literally, I mean like fingers on the mouse key, ready to book a cruise in March. <laughs> and that was like the day before they were like, oh, we're shutting everything down. There's a virus. I'm like, oh, that was some good timing there. <laughs> and, you know, we have not spent a dollar on hotel rooms this year at all. And... You know, she's ready to get out of the house and she's ready to kick me out of the house as well. And it's like there, there's so much pent up demand across all sectors everywhere. I could absolutely, like you're talking about there, see a, a huge economic boom once uh, once we figure out when the virus is over, which that's another question. Well, you know, just like we, we talked about earlier before the interview started, that I, I always like to have my ear to the ground. And that's when I, I was no surprise to me that we would see Trump get uh, half the country's votes, basically, um, because there were so many people, at least through the Southwest and then in uh, Wyoming and in Montana, that were really believing that he they were financially better off than they were four years ago. And that was probably their biggest reason. But the same thing with the eat of the ground now in terms of what's going to happen after the COVID. And I can't tell you how many friends are saying, as soon as I can, I'm going to be booking a trip. I'm going to get yep. on a plane. I'm yep. going to go anywhere. I'm going to get on a cruise. I'm just going to go, 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 go. I'm going to spend, spend, spend. And that really, I think, will happen. 
So I always think about what could go wrong because I wouldn't be an analyst if I didn't think that way. And there's only one thing that I can see, well, two things, well, three things really that could go wrong. One is the dollar. Obviously right now we can see the dollar is at a two year low, but at this point it's not hurting too much. But you have this whole buzz, not only about Bitcoin and digital currency, but also petrodollars and the dollar potentially losing at some point its status as world reserve currency. You got to hope and pray as Americans that doesn't happen, number one. Number two, of course, is you always have the situation of geopolitics, which very much to Trump's credit has been very under control for the last four years. North Korea behaved nice, Russia behaved nice, even the Middle East. Now you've had Israel and making deals with Saudi Arabia, which is, uh, you know, newsworthy, extremely newsworthy with tr free trade. So what if that happens? You know, Iran gets all ju jumped up now because of what's going on there and their nuclear power is gaining. North Korea starts to say, well, now with the Biden administration, they may not be so friendly. So that could be a second thing to watch for. Mm -hmm. And the third thing really is something that I think is probably the most likely. And that is this little insidious inflation, which of course they're looking at it in terms of the metrics of oil. But as you know, if you've gone to the supermarket lately, you can see the prices have gone skyrocketing for basic needs, not just food, although food's gone up 30 to 35% in the last three months, but steel, copper, lumber, building a home now in our area could cost up to $600 a square foot if you wow. want a good custom luxury type home. Yeah. And even if you want a cheaper home, you're not getting you're not getting a house in Santa Fe, New Mexico now for under 200 to 50 to 300 dollars a square foot. Just not happening. So that's where inflation is coming. And once we get into that, if it gets out of control because it feeds on itself mm -hmm. and we have climate situations which could drive the food prices up even higher. Potentially we have La Nina coming this year. She's the big bad sister of El Nino. Um, and last time she reared her ugly head was in 2011 and food prices skyrocketed. We had a little brief stint of inflation there. Um, this is what I actually have been watching for mainly because what will the Fed do then? They'll have to do something. They can't just let that go. Well, Mish, on one hand, you're saying things are going to be great. Now, on the other hand, you're like, things aren't going to be so great. Which is it? I need it better. That's what I need. And I need a solid answer. I need you to tell the future. Well, I say right now, this is okay. So there's always the look out kind of thing. I mean, I've just been alive too long to keep in a box. You know, I always have to see, I don't have blinders. I look around me, but at the same time, I really believe in the charts. And right now the charts are showing nothing scary. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying if this is an, if, if, the commodities start to get really out of control, the dollar collapses, or if something emerges that we can't control, because now even though Democrats have always been considered more dovish and when it comes to geopolitics, in essence, they could turn out to be more hawkish. Um, that's all ifs. Right now, one moment in time, yes, be happy. Disneyland, let's go back to that line. We are Walt Disney right now, and people need a break from all the doom and gloom. So there you go, both. Yeah. Both. All right. <laughs> well, Mish, I don't know if the audience knows this, but you wrote a, a book that has a very interesting title called Plant Your Money Tree. And uh, it sounds like a lot of people in 2020 were 
doing exactly that. Well, the money tree, actually, if you look at Asian cultures, all Asian cultures, most homes have a money tree. It's an actual plant. We have one as well in their homes, mm-hmm. whether they're two. actually, you have one too? I have two. Yeah, they're in my bedroom. On, uh, uh, we have a nice, nice big window seat and they're on either end of the, uh, the window seat. Ah, well, that's, so then you know. And yes. so it's, it's the great metaphor for right abundance and so what the book really is about it's not like the secret like you know just think abundantly and you'll get rich you know like many people interpret the secret but it i know right but it does give you that mindset and then how you can actually understand these phases these six phases and so you would have seen when in February things were starting to deteriorate in phase and you could have been prepared for that. Just as in April you would have seen when things went into a recuperation phase and you could have actually been buying way down at the bottom like we were doing, particularly in the metals at that point. So that's what the book is. It's a navigation system, very simply told, and it's a really excellent way for you to either gain a little bit of knowledge, even if you just want to go to a, when we're allowed to do this again, a cocktail party and talk about what phase the market's in, or you really want to understand a phase for a major to send your kid to study. You don't want to have them going into a career where the trend is bearish. You'd rather be going into something that's bullish. Um, Or, you know, in the market. That's really, since I'm a trader, that's really what I wrote it for. So you understand these six phases and you can know when to be on the right side of the market, when to stay away, or if you're a perma bear, when the right time is that for, for that as well. That's funny you talk about perma bear. I uh, I know a few people. Yeah, I know a few people who are perma bears, and it's like, when are you gonna get off that? Because like whatever you've been saying is gonna go down has like never happened ever. So sorry. Well, you know, yeah. we, talk, we were talking about Tesla before the show too. So you know, Jim Chanos, who has been the biggest bear in Tesla because he just feels that the company is insolvent. He's the greatest insolvency story ever. Um, actually threw in the towel recently. Oh, I didn't um, know that. He's keeping a few shares short, but he's basically saying, mm, not a good game to short against Elon Musk. So I just, I thought that was funny because, you know, there's also a saying from the commodities days, when the last bear throws in the towel, that's the top. Yeah, so- that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear about perma bears, I'm like, you don't have to look very far, maybe at like open any stock chart and like look at the chart to see that like maybe you shouldn't be bullish i don't know just just a thought but like when i hear stories like that where they where they base their short positions on on fundamentals right unsound fundamentals like bill ackman and things like that um it's like whew, you're gonna you're gonna ride that thing as far as it'll go uh, yeah no thanks so well- Right. Well, look at Powell. I mean, he's still saying that there's troubles in the economy and he's still concerned. And that's why he's going to keep his his foot on the pedal for low interest rates. And you got to be going, uh, is he watching like the Dow over 30,000 by any chance? Um, But but there is always that divide and there is a huge divide and that hasn't gone away, which is the divide between the haves and the have nots, obviously, and the divide between Wall Street and Main Street. So these things aren't going away. The good news getting back to Robin Hood is that we are seeing more Main Street involved in the Wall Street. And, that, and I think that's fantastic because it's the last bastion of capitalism. Me being the classic story, you know, poor girl from Queens, New York, teacher, special ed, making really nothing gets a job working for Conti Commodities on the floor. Next thing you know, my whole life has changed. 
classic right. American story. That, that, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, Michelle, I, or Mish, I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to go through all this. We covered a lot of topics here today. But in all honesty, I would love to send people over to marketgage.com to pick up your book, Plant Your Money Tree. In fact, you were telling me that you can get a special bonus when you go there, right? Yeah, if you buy it from our site, and you can't miss it, if you go to marketgage.com, there's a big green banner that says, buy it here. Um, you will get a bonus video, which is really me describing those phases. So those people who find a bimodal way of learning, to use oh. my education background here, using your eyes and your ears, um, that, that will really help you understand the phases and the essence of the book. Oh, I love that. I, I know um, I've, bought in, I've bought several books, and when you can buy the book, and then sometimes they have like upsells to like the course, and the course or, or educational material covers literally what's in the book, but being able to explain it like person to person versus written on a page, I find that super invaluable. So it sounds like people can get that for free. That's that's really cool. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, thank you for your time today. I, I really appreciate you going through all these different topics with us. And uh, I look forward to having you back on. I know the audience does as well. Thank you, Chris. You're so much fun to talk to as well. So I, I wish you a wonderful holiday and a very happy, prosperous new year. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a real honor to be able to do this with people like you. So thank you. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice. 
tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.